Nope. It's currently 6 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, and I'm sitting at my kitchen table, wondering what I can possibly do about my current situation. I suppose I should probably begin with my story by telling what actually happened. I love reptiles. Every day since I was a young child, I've been fascinated by them. I'm not sure what about them I fell in love with exactly. Most people find them unnerving, especially the ones I happen to love the most. I'm of course talking about the legless beauties that are snakes. As soon as I moved out of my parents' house and into my own place, I saved up for a Dumeril's boa. I read all about them, their diet, preferred temperature and humidity, and what size they get to. All of it seemed reasonable to me at the time. I built my own enclosure for one, having ordered all of the materials myself. The enclosure was one of my own designs, one that could shift sizes as needed while the snake grew to its eventual length of six feet. I filled it with plants, hiding spots, and all kinds of decorations to make it truly feel like a chunk of the forest. I wanted my new pet to be just as spoiled as any cat or dog. A few days before it arrived, I bought some various feeders to keep in the freezer for it. I was ready to have that snake. When it arrived that fateful Saturday morning, I was completely overjoyed. I had to resist the urge to begin handling it right away, as I figured it would be stressed from shipping. I looked over the information I had received about my snake. It was female, about six months old, and the person I bought it from claimed that it had eaten the day before it was shipped. I took my boa, still in the box, over to its enclosure. I opened the box and watched it slowly emerge. I couldn't believe my eyes at how gorgeous this animal was. She had orange-brown scales with a leaf-litter camouflage pattern reminiscent of a timber rattlesnake or a gaboon viper. Her sparkling, unblinking eyes had deep black slits down them, belying a hidden intelligence. Her movements were slow, cautious, and deliberate. I beamed at her and watched her settle into her new home. After a few hours, she had grown accustomed to me sitting outside of her enclosure. I ended up naming her Sasha, and we lived in peace together for a while. She never tried to bite me, even once, and I worked with her to make sure that she'd be used to being handled. Eventually, it became like second nature to wake up in the morning, retrieve my snake, and have her rest on my shoulders for about an hour while I made coffee and went on Discord to chat with friends. I loved Sasha, but I had something nagging at the back of my mind. I loved snakes, yes, but I felt like how easy Sasha's care was and how much free time I had on my hands, I would easily be able to take care of another animal. I knew what I wanted. Something big, personable, and simple to care for. I rescued a sulcata tortoise from a shelter 
going through the same effort I went through with Sasha to make sure that its enclosure would be just as grand. Except this time, it occurred to me that I could set up its habitat outside. I have a fenced-in backyard with plenty of lawn grass and relatively warm weather year-round. I went through the trouble of buying some large stones and such in order to ensure a good shady spot for it. The tortoise was a good two feet in length when I brought it home. It was male, his name at the shelter was Bruce. I liked that name. Bruce seemed all too happy to be in a wide open field. I was happy that he was happy. Now that you have the context for my first two pets, Sasha and Bruce, I think you have an idea about what I'm willing to do for my pets, and that I couldn't possibly be satisfied with just two. I ordered an Argentine Tigu about eight weeks ago. Argentine Tigus are large lizards with generally omnivorous diets and dog-like demeanors. Not like a puppy, but more like an old lazy dog. I figured having a lizard around the house would be the final touch to truly round off my collection. I had a spare guest bedroom that I never actually ended up using much, mostly because I have no friends, so I figured I could repurpose it for housing my new tigu. Two weeks after ordering, the breeder sent in the tigu. I retrieved the information in the text he had sent. I reviewed the information in the text he had sent to me prior to sending the lizard. He was about two months old, and the breeder said he had a particular taste for more meaty foods, which seemed reasonable to me at the time. The photo he sent, however, didn't match the animal I had received. No doubt the animal I got in the mail was a tigu, but in the photo he had a distinct black and white pattern as Argentine Tigus tend to, but this one was completely black all over. I'd heard of melanistic animals before, where their cells overproduce melanin, causing the animals to be black all over, but usually they still have some hints of a pattern. Another thing that struck me as odd about the Tigu were its eyes. They were bright blue, which is unusual especially among the melanistic animals. I thought about messaging the breeder about it, but decided against it. After all, the animal appeared healthy and was attentive and alert. I named him Basil, after the first thing I got him to eat when he arrived. Well, to be more specific, it was a salad blend containing a few different plants, but he went for the basil leaves first. I did this because I wanted to see if he would eat plants, or if he would only eat meat. He ate about half of the greens, then walked up to me and laid down in front of me. I gave him a scratch at the top of his head and picked him up to get him into his new room. I set him down, and he immediately began exploring inquisitively. It was getting late, so I decided to head to bed. I woke up at about 5 a.m. to the sound of scratching coming from outside my door. I must have sat in the bed for a full minute, frozen in fear, before I decided to go investigate. 
I had no clue what could be making that sound. None of my animals could have escaped their enclosure, and even if they had, none of them could have made a sound like the one I was hearing. I opened the door, just a crack, to gaze out into the hall. I saw a flash of blue in the hallway, the same bright blue that I found so odd just a few hours earlier. Basil had just rushed from my door, down the hallway, and to the left, towards the kitchen. I brushed it off at first. I had probably forgotten to close the door when I put him away for the night, and that's how he had gotten out, or that the latch on the door could be faulty. But something about the whole situation just felt off. The blue eyes I had found calming had been unsettlingly bright, for it being so dark, as if they were glowing. Regardless, I had to get Basil back into his room. I slowly crept down the hall, trying not to alert the lizard that I was there. I didn't want to spook him and send him running underneath the refrigerator or something. He was only about 8 inches long at the time, so this was a reasonable concern. I found the task of being silent quite difficult, however, as the rush of adrenaline from earlier had yet to wear off, and I was still breathing quite heavily. I walked into the kitchen to find that somehow, Basil had managed to open the fridge and was eating something. I didn't get much of a look at what it was in the light of the fridge, but I did manage to catch him. He seemed unsurprised that I had caught him, though certainly not pleased. I'm not sure what it was about him, but he felt different. Heavier, maybe. The weight difference was slight enough that I figured it was just the mouse he was holding on to. In his mouth was a mouse that I had planned on giving to Sasha tomorrow morning. His body was sticky and slightly slimy, probably from the blood that had come from the mouse he had been furiously ripping apart a moment ago. I moved him back into his room. He fought me the whole way back, mostly because he didn't like being picked up very much, but also because he did not want me to take that mouse from him. So, because I didn't want to upset him more than he already was, I let Basil keep the mouse. This time, when I left his room, I made sure to close the door behind me, and that the latch worked. I knew I would eventually have to clean up the blood by the fridge, and probably the dirty footprints on the floor from Basil walking around the house, but it didn't seem like a big deal to me at the time. I also put another mouse in the fridge to thaw out for Sasha. The next morning, I gave Sasha her new mouse, which she happily accepted. I went to check on Bruce next, and he was just fine as well. He had dug out a small area underneath the rocks to give his shady spot more depth, so to make sure he was really okay, I lured him out with some lettuce. Needless to say, he was just his usual personable self. Then, I went to check on Basil. His room was closed, just as I had left it the night prior. 
I opened the door and walked right in. I made the room so much like a jungle, it was slightly jarring to enter from my relatively clean, modern house. It had taken me a few afternoons to fully complete, and I really went all out. I put all kinds of plants in there, got some large rocks, not unlike the ones I used for Bruce's space out back, and even hung up multiple heat lamps for his basking spot. The floor was covered in dirt, just how I remembered it. It took me a moment to find Basil in the dense foliage of the habitat. He was resting underneath the leaf of a pothos plant. Except, something about him was... off. He was still acting like his usual inquisitive self, but he seemed... I don't know, bulkier? A little longer, perhaps? It wasn't like he had not shown signs of growth before, but in the span of two or three hours, he had gained a noticeable amount of size. Intrigued, I offered him a banana for breakfast, and he hesitated before eating it. I wasn't imagining it. He definitely was bigger. His head was now about half the size of my fist, where before it was only about a quarter. I spent the afternoon looking into Tigu growth spurts, but found nothing about such rapid growth in such a short amount of time. The next night, I woke up at 5am again to the same scratching sound as the night before. I knew it was Basil, but my heart raced as I was sure, absolutely sure, I closed his room and that the latch clicked. I definitely closed the door behind me this time. I saw the flash of blue through the crack in the door again. This time, to my horror, he turned to the right, toward the living room. I wasn't sure if he knew that's where I kept Sasha, but I sure as hell wasn't about to wait to find out. Thank God I rushed out of my room in time, because I caught him just as he was about to run headfirst into the glass of Sasha's enclosure. After that incident, I got a lock to put on Basil's door. I went about two nights without incident, but on the third, it happened again. This time, however, I didn't wake up until the next morning. The floor was covered in dirty footprints, and Basil's door was ajar. The lock had been broken clean off. I rushed over to Sasha's enclosure, worried for her safety and terrified at the prospect of finding my closest friend dead in her enclosure. She was fine, thankfully, but she was also acting very defensive and had holed herself away in a hiding spot. Something had spooked her recently. Judging by the dirt and the scratches on the plexiglass, it wasn't hard to guess what. The kitchen had been trashed, with the refrigerator door having been ripped off of its hinges and all of the food had been eaten. Granted, there wasn't much food in the fridge because I had only been feeding myself and my animals, but I was still understandably quite upset. 
I found Basil in the sun coming from the sliding glass window. Or at least I was pretty sure it was him. Basil was easily about four feet long now, and I had mistaken him at first for a monitor lizard that had somehow broken into my house. But after getting a look at those bright blue eyes, it was unmistakably clear that the lizard that laid before me was in fact the lizard I had willingly brought into my house. The one I had continued to care for, even after it had proven that it was nothing to be trifled with. I must have stood there in shock for about ten minutes, just staring at this absolutely massive tigu, just sitting in the sun by my window. I did not want to approach him too quickly, as I was afraid he might try and bite me, so I slowly walked over to him and attempted to pick him up. With his now huge size, getting him back into his room was no easy feat. It took me 20 minutes. On the bright side, at least he didn't try to resist me, instead simply looking up at me, mockingly. I could tell he was proud of himself. I found it so hard to be mad at him, even though I knew that he was dangerous to me and my animals. Over the next few days, I messaged the breeder I got him from and asked him about how this kept happening. He saw my messages as soon as I sent them, and then immediately blocked me. Just great, I thought to myself. Now I have this giant lizard that grows when it eats and can open doors. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to just pawn him off on someone else because then I'd be the monster that doomed a buyer to a reptile they were not ready for, which is incredibly irresponsible. I didn't want to kill him because I still loved him and I wasn't entirely sure I could, even if I wanted to. I figured all I could do at the moment is wait a bit longer to think of something. I bought a new lock for Basil's door and made sure to keep a stock of food for him. Things went relatively smoothly for about a week and a half. Yesterday evening, I went to go do my routine reptile maintenance, checking up on Sasha, Bruce, and finally, Basil. Over that week and a half, Basil had grown to an astounding eight feet in length. I had considered contacting a Tigu expert to come look at my lizard to figure out what in God's name it actually was, because Lord knows it wasn't an Argentine Tigu. Basil had to have been some kind of new species or something. I decided I'd call in the morning. I decided to make my way to bed for the night and hope that the locks would work again, as they had for the last few nights. 5 a.m. I woke up to the sound of something bursting through a door, followed by the sound of shattering glass. I really wanted anything but to get out of bed at that moment, but I knew that if I didn't, there was a good chance that Sasha or Bruce could end up dead, and that thought alone sent me running. To ensure the safety of my animals, and to some extent, 
myself. I got up and ran into the kitchen, just in time to see the bright blue eyes of the monster that I had raised myself staring at me through the wreckage of my now-destroyed sliding glass door. He looked at me with eyes that were easily the size of baseballs, and I looked back at him with my normal-sized eyes. My heart was pounding so hard in my chest at that moment that I feared it would burst through my ribs. I had no idea why he didn't dive back into the house to eat me, and even more, why he didn't stop for Bruce on the way out. He simply stared at me and ran off into the night. It's currently about 6 a.m., and I have no idea what to do. There is a massive lizard currently running around my neighborhood, and I have no way to know if it can be stopped or even who I could call. I am truly at a loss. I am dreading the calls I'll have to make to the police, and I'm even more dreading the possibility that I could have my animals taken away from me for a rookie mistake that I made. I should have sent that stupid lizard back to the breeder. Whatever I brought into my house eight weeks ago was not an Argentine tigu. My only hope is that there is not more than one of whatever basil is. Whatever it is. At least for the time being, Sasha and Bruce are okay. Right? Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Nope Too Creepy podcast. If you want to learn more about the author of this story, just check the show notes and you'll find all the necessary links. If I haven't earned it already, I hope this is the week you choose to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Until next time, everybody, this is Dan David reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.